Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and uh, it's April 11th, 2021. We've entered the Easter season. We are Easter people. I say Christ is risen. You respond with, He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. Christ is risen. I'm really glad everybody's here. I'm really glad we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus together, both in drive-in form and podcast form, if you're listening at home. Later in the service, I'm going to be praying over our one great hour of sharing, uh, offertory, offering. There's these envelopes at the station, but... If you don't have one of these fancy envelopes and you'd like to donate to One Great Hour of Sharing, just make your check out to PCC and then put in the memo line, One Great Hour of Sharing, or O-G-H-O-S, if that's simpler. I don't even know if all that'll fit. Um, For those of you that don't know, this is PCUSA, Los Ranchos, says this is our presbytery's way of helping those in need. And uh, I have served numerous times through Presbyterian Disaster Assistance, PDA. Um, and I love that organization. I was in Haiti right after the hurricane hit. I was in um, the Gulf in Mississippi right after another hurricane hit. Uh, so that's just one of the partners that this offering goes towards is helping out when disaster hits but also it helps food banks all kinds of stuff so make sure you um, give a portion of your tithes or what god has called you to give to this beautiful thing i think it's awesome so we'll be praying over that in the next uh, few minutes and then also i wanted just to remind everybody they've got these drive-in flyers and a second exodus people um Let's invite people to be around one another. Look to your right, look to your left. Isn't that some of the most beautiful things you've ever seen right there? Invite people to be a part of this. Um, you can you can tell people. Don't keep it secret. I have, uh, that's it on my announcements. I have June Elston, and she's going to give us 60 years of women ministry at this local outpost of God's kingdom. Good morning. Women in the Bible, if they're mentioned at all, were either victims or victors. But we do know that many women changed the course of historical events. The majority are unnamed, with named women making up only 5.5% of the all-named characters in the Bible. The New Testament names women in positions of leadership in the early church, and we know that Jesus deals with women with respect. We also know in our own history at PCC, women have made a major influence. By going back through our annual reports, which are sent in to Presbytery, I came up with some interesting information for the timeline of women's ministry here at PCC. On January 9th, 1961, several women met to discuss the formation of a women's association. The purpose was to become acquainted with the work of our church, to create a wider fellowship among women, and to unite them through study, prayer, and service with fellow Christians everywhere. 
The first meeting was held in the Fine Arts Building on March 2nd over here at the fairgrounds. It's interesting to note that the first records of these meetings only mention the women by their married name, such as Mrs. Jeff Elston. Who's she? In 1962, the Women's Association has focused on the purpose of the Presbyterian Women's Organization and has a desire to participate in the outreach of the total organization and the church. Mission projects were combined efforts of the circles, which were the various Bible study groups. At one time, there were six to eight circles meeting in either the morning, afternoon, or the evening. In the early years of the mission support, many layette sets, blankets, books, clothing, toys, were collected or made and sent to various organizations in need. In 1966, thousands of Betty Crocker coupons were sent to the San Luis, Colorado Mission for their airplane project. I'd like to know more about that. In 1965, women were now recorded as taking part in session. In 1977 is the first time that the women were referred to by their first name. The purpose of the Women's Association was spelled out by the bylaws as seeking to be obedient to God's call in Jesus Christ. We unite to support the mission of the United Presbyterian Church of the United States of America and to help one another grow in Christian faith and understanding and to act in Christian concern in the company of God's people everywhere. I think it's interesting to note the language and how it reflects the turbulent times of the 70s. It says, we unite. In 1988, Presbyterian women, formerly UPCUSA, and the women of the church, formerly of the PCUSA, became the Presbyterian women when the two chapters of the denomination combined. For many years, besides their monthly meetings and mission work, the Presbyterian Women's Association cooked all the special meals for meetings, receptions, and weddings. Deacons handled the food preparation for funerals. Now I understand how they were able to collect thousands of Betty Crocker coupons. In 1994, a lot more women were working outside of the home, so Ruth McCalma, Sherry Jones, and Doris Thompson helped to create Bible study groups to meet the needs of the young working mother. As an outreach, they also created non-threatening circles for the new Christian who was less schooled in biblical knowledge. They also hired childcare for these meetings. In 1995, gatherings were held for the church women to come together. These grew into going away retreats, many taking place at the lighthouse in Big Bear. This facility was available for small groups, but made up of cabins with bunk beds and a kitchen where you did your own meals. Speakers were usually people in our own church, with Reverend Sharon being one of the first speakers. By word of mouth and the success of these events, the gatherings grew and became known as the Women's Retreat. With a desire to bring in well-known Christian speakers and a location where someone else cooked their meals, we were prompted to begin using Pine Summit, 
also near Big Bear Village. To pay for a fancier facility and the speakers, the women began hosting various uh, different types of fundraisers. Among the many projects, there were Mexican dinner, cooking classes, jewelry making, and finally the cookies and uh, soups in a jar. From this growing need and the promotion of the retreats, the women's ministry was born. In 2015, because Pine Summit began charging for zip line and rock wall climbing that we didn't use, along with having to share the facility with other organizations, we made the move to Luther Glen Conference Center in the beautiful hamlet of Oak Glen. There we had delicious meals cooked for us, clean and attractive suites with linens on the beds, and an intimate venue to worship, sing, laugh, and enjoy the fellowship of PCC women. Today, the Presbyterian women meet on the third Wednesday of the month at noon for Bible study and lunch. They have their own bank account and with most of the money going to mission projects. Women's ministry meets once a month to plan ways to connect with the women of our church. In the past, we have held fashion shows, the Young of Heart celebration for members 80 and over. We hold a weekly Wednesday night Bible study and to raise funds, we sell the mixes in a jar, which have become a popular holiday tradition. During the pandemic, we also began sending email and letter correspondence to all the women of our church. Soon, we are looking forward to hosting a women's gathering free of charge on May 1st, 10 to 2, right here at the church. We sure hope you, we will see you there. Today, both women's, uh, Presbyterian women and women's ministry are active in the life of our church. The women are known by their first and last names. They are acquainted with the work of our church, have created a wider fellowship among women, have united through study, prayer, and service with fellow Christians everywhere. Each group evolved to meet the needs of their members and they are making a difference in the life of our church. Thank you. We've got some honkers, we've got some honkers. Amen, amen. Would you stand for this morning's call to worship? And as I, um, as I lead us in the call to worship, at the end of it, the students and the children are called to worship the Lord in service. So they're dismissed from here and they'll follow Carrie and Rob and they're going to be making care packages for those of us that are part of our, our family that are shut in. Is that correct, Carrie? Everybody round of applause to Carrie. That's awesome, right? Where else do you get to honk at your children's pastor? Okay. Our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 133, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. How truly wonderful and delightful it is to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as, as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This harmony be can be compared to the dew dripping from Mount Hermon, which flows down upon the hills of Zion. Indeed, 
That is where Yahweh has decreed his blessings will be found. The promise of life forevermore. Let's worship the Lord singing, Thine be the glory. Good morning. I would like to, uh, first I would like for all of us to, you know, uh, acknowledge, uh, please hang the horns when the time comes for that. I would like to again acknowledge um, the wonderful work, the heroic work that our fantastic technician is doing, Philip Mansour. Everybody, please hang your horns. All right, um, going to the hymn now. This is from my, uh, it's, uh, it, done, it was done by our church with the help of the choir and other guests uh, back in 2019. And um, uh, because it's not written anywhere in the bulletin, just wanted to let you know that being a, more like a special presentation back then, it does have a long choral amen with uh, nine parts actually. Uh, if you are brave enough, just try to wander around what they do there, everybody in his own way. Yeah, we're going to sing together the three verses. <clears throat>
Amen, indeed. You may be seated. Try and try as we might to be good, to act good, to do good. We confess that we fall short. As much as we don't want to, we still sin in our daily lives. God is holy, and our sin separates us from him. It becomes a barrier to our fellowship with him, even to the point of causing us to lose the joy, the joy of our salvation. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Merciful God, you pardon all who truly repent and turn to you. We humbly confess our sins and ask your mercy. We have not loved you with a pure heart, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not done justice, loved kindness, or walked humbly with you, our God. Have mercy on us, O God, in your loving kindness. In your great compassion, cleanse us from our sin. Do not cast us away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore us to the joy of your salvation and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In Jesus Christ, know that you, we are forgiven. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, it's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. You're going high. You give life, you are love. Bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your. 
is your breath in our lungs so as we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so as we pour out our praise to you only it's your breath in our lungs so as we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only and all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry, these bones will sing great. Are you Lord? And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing great.
My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. I saw Pachi clapping right there. That's a good, that's a good thing to clap at. What a powerful name Jesus Christ is, right? We're, this is the second week of Easter. You guys can sit down if you, you're standing. Even even those of you that 
or on the podcast if you're standing right now you can sit down sit in a lazy boy and uh this is our second week of easter i wanted to continue off of what i was preaching about last week uh, hopefully some of you caught that message but i was talking about it's interesting that jesus was beaten, crucified, dead, and buried, and rose again, not on the Day of Atonement, but at the end of the Passover festival. And I propose that, uh, and I'm not alone in this proposal, that we've missed a portion of what happened at Easter because we've taken our eyes off of one sliver of it because there's a lot that happened but one sliver of it is we were freed as a people right second exodus it's a exodus from this world we're here but not really right just like the kingdom of god is here but not yet we're here in that we got one foot on this planet like amy prayed last week but we also are following after the King Jesus, right? Who's with me? Okay, good, everybody. This is as simple I am. I like that right, right from the front row. Um, so as we go into this Easter season, I would love to propose looking at all the texts on how it equips us to live as kingdom people. And how do we... Um, how do we do that? And maybe it, this is the first time we'll wipe away all of our, you know, like our, our understandings, look at all these texts again and see what they have to say about us as second Exodus people and what we're supposed to be up to and what we're supposed to be excited about. Um, we're going to be studying the letters of John, the epistles of John. That's first John, second John and third John. Just like to remind everybody that John was one of two of Jesus' best friends. Like, like that's real. That's a real thing. Like, he was best friends with Jesus the Christ. Like, how cool is that, right? I think it's pretty cool that I get to hang out with that guy right there, Rick, and Olivia. Like, it's just, they're cool. Musicians are cool. Everybody wants to be around a musician, right? I got Troy. He's coming up with jam nights. Keep your keep your ears to the ground. Can you hear us? I see some people wrestling in cars. Can you guys hear us? I don't think they even care. They're just talking amongst themselves. Okay, we'll go back to the people who are listening. Okay, that might, I, I won't. This could go for four hours because I remember I, there's all kinds of stories that are really funny. Um. Anyway, back to the text. Jesus' best friend. I love to read the introduction that Eugene Peterson puts before books. If you ever want a good, really good summary, get yourself a copy of The Message. And if nothing else, his are phenomenal introductions to books. And I'd love to read just a little before we um, get to 1 John chapter 1. Uh, Eugene writes this, The two most difficult things to get straight in life are love and God. The basic and biblical Christian conviction is that the two subjects are intricately related. 
if we want to deal with God the right way, we have to learn to love the right way. If we have to love, if we want to love the right way, we have to deal with God the right way. God and love can't be separated. John's three letters provide wonderfully explicit directions in how this works. Jesus, the Messiah, is the focus. Jesus provides the full and true understanding of God. Jesus shows us the mature work, working out of love. In Jesus, God and love are linked accurately, intricately, and indissolubly. You didn't think I could say that, did you, Troy? Okay, okay, there it is, indissolubly. That's awesome. All right, let's read First John chapter 1. Anybody else excited this morning? Okay, me too. I just I got this electricity going through. Okay, 1 John 1. And I'm going to read this first chapter. Here we go. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testified to it and declared to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus the Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. love to point out that in Greek classes, I love that we got a higher amount of planes today. To praise God for, right? That's a propeller plane. I thought they put those things out of commission. Is there something like big going on? Is there an air show? Nobody knows. Everybody's looking at me just as confused as I am. Um, when I was in Greek, when I took Greek, I took two years of undergraduate Greek, and that's a long story because that that's yeah, a long, long story. And then uh, it's the only class in seminary because of that long story that I got an A in uh, was Greek. And when you start learning Greek, this is where you start. You start with John. You start with either the Gospel of John or these epistles. Why is that? It's simple. My wife, the English major, loves to point out, John is the most English majory of the writers. I don't think she says that because she doesn't say stuff like that. I say stuff like that. But he's poetic. He's simple. He's to the point. He's profoundly deep. The first four verses, this introduction right here, that's one sentence. 
What does that say about the, that one sentence? What if, if you're say, it says that he's a little heated. He's a little excited. You know, like when, when you make up words and you're fired up about something and you're just going and gone and on and on. And you say perfunctory and you try and throw in every big word you've ever heard. That's him at the beginning of this epistle. He's passionate. He's simple and he's profound and he's beautifully put these words together in a tight, tight-knit statement. That first paragraph there's so much right there. Do you see all that, 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 that depth? First, you, you, you see that he was there. He was one of Jesus' best friends. We saw it. We heard it. It's for real. And then in verse 3, look at verse 3. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also. He's, he's already given us why he's writing this, why he's recording it, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus the Christ. That introduction is all about an invitation. He's saying, you know what? I want everyone to know we're a part of this age that has, is the age to come that has broken in through Jesus the Son. And I'm writing these things so that I can round my arms around all of you and bring you a part of the group that I've joined that is following Jesus the King, that is following into the kingdom triumphant now, and so that we can all be united with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. I n- notice um, when he says eternal, N.T. Wright says we should probably look at that as age. Like, they thought of there was the age of this world and then there was the age to come. And what Peter is saying is that the age to come has broken into the age that is. And he's inviting us all into this eternal age where King Jesus is our king, and we don't listen to any other voices, and we go forth. Um, Let me read something. N.T. puts it this way. The secret at the heart of the early Christian movement was was that the age to come had already been revealed. The future had burst into the present. Life itself had come to life. Life itself had come to life. He's passionately saying this one sentence, like painting a picture of, do you, let's go. Let's wake up. The world's asleep. Let's open our eyes. Let's be alive.
I was screaming slash crying at the end of sermon last at my sermon last, and it was on this exact point that if this truth seeped into us, if this truth that we actually follow a king and we've been set free from the slavery of this world is real and we grasp it, we should be dramatically more joyful. We should be dramatically more passionate. We should be dramatically more seeing things as they are seeing the beautiful creations to our right and to our left and seeing the masterpieces in which God has placed throughout every one of our paths throughout the week. You know, we, in the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, he says, remember, Butch, you ever seen that movie? It's one of my father's favorite movies, so therefore it's one of my favorite movies. We had to watch it as a, I, I Train up a child right, right? Anyway, uh, so I'm watching Butch Cassidy, and Butch says to Sundance, he says, I feel like the world is all blind and wearing bifocals, and I got 20-20 vision. Do you remember that? That's what we are as followers of Jesus. That's what we are as Second Exodus people. We're combined with the triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And notice his masterful work of, of language. He goes back to the very, very beginning, just like his gospel. And this guy's just circling us going, yes, I want to hear that guy too. Hey, tune in to 88.3. He can't hear me. That's a World War II plane, legit, right? Does anybody? <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know what that's about, but okay. Then, so we got the introduction in our corner. Right? We got it in our pocket. We're realizing John is saying, hey, wake up. We're alive, people. And we're a part, we're in a community. A koinonia. John uses the word koinonia, which is fellowship, four times in all of the gospel, in all of the letters. All four times are in this text. But I'll get to that in a second. Next, he says, this is what I want to start off with you telling you about. Walk in the light. As second Exodus people, walk in the light. It's not rocket science. It's all simple. You know, Jesus walked up the hill. That's what John's gospel say. You know, they always just... It, in, in the Griffith's journey of getting right here, where I'm standing, we went from down the road a couple miles, uh, what's that place called? St. Andrews. We went Jersey, Texas, St. Andrews. And then we went San Marino. And then we went Michigan. And then we went back here to help out with a ministry that I helped start 10 years ago when I was back at St. Andrews. That's a lot to remember. All you got to remember is we're cruising across the country with our friend named Ed. It's the Griffiths and Ed Moreno. You probably met him. He was one of my wingmen throughout my life. You know, met him in San Marino, and we're like viruses, man. You can't get rid of the Griffiths. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they're cruising across the country. We're cruising across the country. We stop in Aunt Mary, uh, my Aunt Mary's house. It's in Pleasant Hill, Missouri. Does anybody know where that is? Absolutely not. Because it's not anywhere. It's nowhere. She has 17, she's in care of 17 to 24 horses, depending on 
what's going on. And she has this big barn out in the middle of nowhere. It's outside of Independence, Missouri, and it's absolutely nowhere. We go out there, my little baby girl, I don't remember how old she was at the time, she gets to ride these huge horses, and my son, I'm, I'm not going near horses. They're too big of beasts. You know, like if they get angry at me, they can kill me. I know it. So I'm not really the horse guy. But my kids are, and they're loving it and stuff like that. My buddy Ed has a, has a drone, and he's taking pictures of all this. So if you ever want to see film of the, the horses out in the middle of Missouri, you can text me or email me. We go back to our hotel. We're staying about 20 minutes away, closer to Independence. This is crazy. They're going to start attacking, I think. <laughs> There's no, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That'd be awesome if they just dropped a bunch of Bibles on us. I don't know. Wait, I don't know why that way. Can, you can still hear us, right? No. Troy is like, no. People in the horse. I guess they're just doing training. Just in case World War II reenactments happen around here. Anywho. Ed left the, left the drone back at Aunt Mary's house. And we're going to leave. We got we to schedule people. We got to leave at like 6 in the morning to get back here in time. I don't know what we were getting back here for, but we had to get back here probably for the moving truck. I don't know. Um, so Ed and I go back to Aunt Mary's. And we quickly discover what's out in the middle of country. Nothing. Nothing is in the middle of country. That means no streetlights. And you know, people that drive on country roads, do they slow down? Absolutely not. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm driving like an 85-year-old person. <laughs> driving like, a, and all these people are just on my, on my tail because it is pitch black. It is pitch black, and there's no shoulder. And I don't think this is a road. I think it's more of a horse trail. And so I'm just staying in this little triangle of light in this Prius. You know, it's the same car. It's that same beautiful little Prius. It's that go glorified go-kart. <laughs> I got a million stories that I could tell right there. But anyway, I'm staying in this little triangle, and I think that's what John is talking about. I think that's what says, I want you to start, I want you to start off with this. Stay in the light. Don't veer to the right, don't veer to the left. There's shoulders on both, there's, there's just dirt on both sides. And your life's at stake. There's going to be times that you are or veer off and you and he describes he says you know when you're off that when you're outside the light you start to love the darkness you just want to hang out there be cautious stay in the light right and then he gives us some things to do and kind of some consequences to what happens when we stay in the light. The first consequence or first like kind of thing that comes out is you would think it was if we stay in the light, we're going to be united with 
God, right? But no, he starts with, you're going to be united with each other. Here's something we can learn from AA. You can't win any battle alone. You will get ruined every single time you fight alone. Our enemy is too strong for you to fight alone. The enemy will take out your legs and do every dirty trick there is in the book to keep you alone. The person to your right and to your left is absolutely essential. If you tie it back to his earlier in the verse 3, it's essential as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit's relationship with one another. Mentor, hero, friend, Todd Bolsinger, wrote his doctoral dissertation on this text, and this is a launching pad. It takes a Christian, it takes a church to raise a Christian. That's the name, and you could buy it on Amazon if you want. It's a, it's a really well worth reading. Because the same as the inner, like interlocking, the interlockings of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it takes us to reflect us. Do you follow? It takes community to reflect community. That's how essential it is to our walk. It's, it's essential to God's identity. It goes back to the very beginning, the creation of the world and why we were created. It's not good that man is, not, is alone. He needs a partner. He needs a, a community piece to reflect me as God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, community, God. And then what's the other one? We walk in the light. The blood of Jesus the Christ covers every single time you actively step outside into the dark. You say, no, I don't want to be in the light. I want to be over here. I want to hang out in the dark. That's another kind of plug back into community. There's been so many times in my life that Dan or brothers like Dan, Mark, Olivia, have roped me back in from the dark. We need each other for that too. But most of all, we need Jesus the Christ's blood to, to wash it all away. So we stay in the light, we get each other. And I tell you, I like where this church is at, right? We're pretty good at liking each other, right? Yes or no? Okay, good. That's a good sign. I think. <laughs> but can we get better? Absolutely. How many of you have felt alone in the last month? And notice my hand is high. So it's. Go back to this text and go back to our roots. As second Exodus people, that should never be. We are for one another and one another is for us. 
I said earlier, jokingly, where else can you get, you know, the honk at the children's director? <laughs> but that's it. That's, this is the place where the Brad Pitts aren't the, aren't the, aren't the heroes. You know, it's the Jeff Elstons that are here at like 6 in the morning every Sunday with a leaf blower on his back. You know, like, those are the heroes. The, the people, you know, like the people, the, the people that take time out of their day to pray for the people that are around here. You don't know it. It's, it's absolutely essential that you are in my corner praying. Every single time I, I am broken free, I know it's because of your prayer. We pray for one another. We're in each other's corners. And we could camp out on this all day because we don't get it. I could say this over and over and over and over. But it's, we got to get it. Eventually, we got to get it, right? What's some ways we can apply these two things? You know, how do we... Um, we walk in the light. And that, that, that's just simple obedience right where do you go it's dark it's light you go i'll make light a and i'll make dark b (laughs) where do you go a a i need to repeat it over and over and over and over and over again because i still don't get it we stay in the light how do we do that we can we, we we talk to each other we confess to one another. We let each other in. I, I, was, I spent years as a youth pastor. And the most common question as a youth pastor I got from older adults was, how do I talk to them? How do I relate with them? They, youth, they, they seem like an enigma to me. I don't, I don't get it. And then you talk to the youth. And it's as simple as authenticity. I tell you, it's, I learned it early. Children, youth, they gravitate towards the oldest person in the room that takes them seriously. That isn't too smart for them, that isn't too big, that isn't too proud. We need to authentically let our guards down and let all generations mingle. And I'd say, once again, I think we're doing good. Right here, right? Look to our right and look to our left. We got a good smorgasbord. There's some crazy looking people right there, right? (laughs) But we're a beautiful, beautiful mess, right? But we can always do better. And we can become more authentic. We We can let people in. This is the safest place in the universe. The person to your right and the person to your left is just as messed up as you are. Is just as lonely as you are is just as hurting as you are, is just as confused sometimes as you are. We confess it to one another and it binds us together and we're in the light.
P.S. Be more friendly. <laughs> you know? Just be more friendly. Don't be so jerk. Like, uh, don't be a jerk. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's my last application. When you're thinking about being a jerk, don't. Okay, that's my, that's, I guess it's that good. Malia just nodded her head. You probably should have just left that off. Okay, um, I'm going to pray over this one great hour of sharing. And then I'm going to call for the offering. And just once again, these envelopes are at the stations if you still want to give. And those of you at home, you can just make your check out to Peace, uh, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant and just put in the, in the memo line. O-G-H-O-S, one great hour of sharing. And once again, that's simply Peace USA's way to help the least and the lost, to help the hurting. It go, this check goes straight into the hands of the front line where people need food, they need shelter, they need water. And uh, would you just, even in your car, even in your home at podcast, just put your hands out and point it towards this envelope, and I'm going to pray over it. God, I just pray over our one great hour of sharing offering. I pray that you would use this meager amount in huge, huge ways. I pray that the person that needs to know you absolutely adore them, but they can't even hear that because they need food, shelter, or water. This money gets to that place and clears the way for that person to know that you are king. And all God's people said. Now this is part of the service where we, we as second Exodus people, we invest in one another and we invest in this kingdom outpost and we invest in the arms reaching out from this kingdom outpost to let those who need to hear, hear that God loved them so much he sent his one and only son. At home, you send your checks to P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. Um, and then here, leave them at the stations. And it's going to be Scotty and Terry, not Scotty in the band. And it's Scotty, his wife, Terry. The other Terry. There's Terry Welsh and then there's Terry Ewan. Look at that beautiful couple. Round of applause, please, even before the offertory. <laughs> our, our offerings and tithes are now received. So as you're looking through your programs, you, you can see that we had planned to sing Man in the Mirror. We're going to pump the brakes on that song. And it, hang on, hang on, it's okay. We're going to have some good things happening here. So the song we're going to be singing is one that you may all know. It's one of our favorite hymns, Because He Lives. And in addition, I get to introduce my beautiful wife, Terry Ewan. Thank you. She's going to help. So cool. Guys, if you uh, know the lyrics, uh, we apologize for not having the lyrics with you, but if you know it, especially the chorus, man, please stand. Please sing. Do what you are being led to do. This is worship. God sent his son They call him Jesus He came to love He'll and forgive 
Sunday we celebrated Easter, but that was just the first Sunday of Easter. We continue to proclaim, He is risen, He is risen indeed. And as Scotty and Terry just sang, life is worth the living because He lives. We know who holds the future. We are Easter people and the joy and hope of Christ's resurrection continues with us day after day. Pray with me now. Gracious God, because we are not strong enough to pray as we should, you provide Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede for us in power. In this confidence, we ask you to accept our prayers. We pray for the church set in the world to show how people belong together and how your gifts are given to be shared. Help us as we feel for the rejection and voicelessness of others that we may meet Christ in them, that we may reveal Christ to them, and be witnesses of Christ's transforming love. Compassionate God, we are so aware of the many acts of violence and cruelty that have been part of the daily news reports. We see acts of racism and prejudice that break our hearts. We pray for our world, for all who live in fear. We pray for the victims of hate or of crimes. Teach us all to love one another as you have told us to do. We pray for those in leadership of our communities and nation that they may know your will and do your will. We continue to pray that the COVID vaccines may be having the expected outcome and the disease is losing its grip on our country and world. We pray for renewed health of our nation. We pray for a new appreciation of the simple things of life, such as visiting with friends and hugging children. We pray for the future. We pray for those who are ill or sorrowing, those who are concerned for dear ones, those who have difficult choices to make, those undergoing medical procedures, especially those known to us personally. We commend them to you now. Heal them in body, mind, or circumstance, working in them by your grace wonders beyond all they may dream or hope. May they know that nothing can separate them from your love in Jesus Christ. 
Merciful God, as a potter fashions a vessel from humble clay, you form us into a new creation. Shape us day by day through the cross of Christ, your Son, until we pray as continually as we breathe, and all our acts are prayer. Through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Because he lives, right? That was excellent. I didn't know we had June and Johnny Cash right there. That's amazing. Those guys are ridiculous. Thank you so much, Scotty and Terry. Uh, strike from the record. I need to look at my notes more. I should have, that, that, that last application of don't be a jerk, <laughs> scratch, scratch that from the record and listen to this. This is NT. Well, actually, first, with somebody safe, you know, like within this COVID stuff like that, I think we're in danger once again I, of keeping this all as head knowledge. When we talk about fellowship, we talk about hugging and holding hands and touching one another, you know, like being together. So with your family or with people that you are safe to hug and stuff like that, sometime over this week, get in a circle and, and round yourselves up. And it might just be like, one, like two of you. I don't know. Just, it might be a little weird just staring eye to eye. But gather some community and remember that this is essential. Say that even as a group. Like this is essential. We are on the same page. We love each other. We are, we are one and are linked with our triune God as one. And then our family, we love to turn our backs, turn our backs, turn your backs to one another and just make a, what the Crudes, the first movie said, calls a kill circle. And they, they get back to back and they have their backs and, they, and you say, we have each other's backs. And if I could do that with, as a church, I would. Like right now, I'd just make everybody on this grass hug each other and look at each other and say, we're on the same team. And then back to back, we would all just be in a circle pointing outward. We're, we have each other's backs and we're called to love and tell people of this king. And then N.T. writes this. It may, stream, same, it may seem strange that simply telling people about Jesus is the appointed means by which such a momentous thing as this fellowship can be extended to include new members. But John is very much aware that the opening move in the whole game was made by God himself as an act not of silent display, but of verbal communication. Did you follow that? It's simple, just like John's Greek. It's simple and profound. 
telling a friend, tell a friend about Jesus. That's it. That's an application of staying in the light. All right, please stand. Sorry for the second little sermonette, but Malia's nod. You can blame Malia's nod for that when I said just don't be jerks. Um, Receive this benediction and let's go out as second Exodus people, staying in the light, confessing to one another, and letting God just bind us together like nobody's seen. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. May it be so. Amen.